Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. By no one's demand, but our own. And from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios in Snowbound, scenic Elizabeth Park, Nashville, Tennessee. It is the award-winning 615 Sessions podcast. It's powered by Two Rivers Ford. And it's brought to you, as always, by A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports Nashville.com. Happy Thursday, and I hope you guys are all inside and very, very warm because the snowpocalypse is upon us. I literally, I went outside to my car about 10 minutes before we started rolling with Teron Davenport and Trey Wallace, who are today's guests. And then, yet again, on Thursday afternoon, it just continues to bury us in this everlasting snow. It's beautiful, but uh, <laughs> I'm starting. Never again will I take for granted the Uber Eats delivery people who have gotten me through you know, not having to go, not having gone to the grocery store since probably June. Anyway, we have a great podcast prepared for you guys today. No Music City mailbag because there was breaking news. We had we had planned to have Trey Wallace on from Rocky Top Insider to talk about the news vol staff, and then Carson Wentz got traded to the Indianapolis Colts. So the quarterback picture in the AFC South is three quarters complete. Jacksonville. Still pending, and so we brought on Teron Davenport from ESPN.com because Teron spent many years in Philadelphia and wrote a book about Carson Wentz and that championship Eagles team. So we have all of that to look forward to today. You can get your Music City mailbag questions in at any time by sliding in my DMs, but before we get to Teron and then Trey Wallace, let me tell you about our friends at Two Rivers Ford. If you are snowbound, you could have prevented these measures had you gone and done your due diligence at Two Rivers Ford. Had you gone and seen what all the 2021 F-150 could offer you, perhaps the Bronco that can both traverse through inclement weather with great ease. It's not just those two vehicles, though, that they offer you at Two Rivers Ford. It's not just any of their new or pre-owned vehicles that they offer you. They offer you the best when it comes to the customer service experience. Non-commissioned sales staff, no pressure on you as the buyer. You're making a big investment. They want to make sure that you're comfortable with your investment. They're going to do that by making you or having you work with the best in the business and showing you that you don't need to feel pressure when looking for a new or pre-owned vehicle. Go pay them a visit after we all get thawed out in Mount Juliet and test drive one for yourself or do your shopping online. The entire car purchasing process can be done online at tworiversford.com. All right, we'll start with TD, then we'll get to Trey. 
Back here, 615 Sessions podcast from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios, the OG, TD, Teron Davenport, when he's not covering the Tennessee Titans for ESPN.com. Very well, he is moonlighting as a Mets analyst, and now, in this particular situation, uh, our Carson Wentz specialist. Hello, Teron. Hey, what's going on, man? I like the Mets, the, excuse me, the, the Mets analyst part of it. Because, uh, you know, I've been a Mets fan since 83, and that's not changed. <laughs> well, listen, I, I, I know that even there will not, there is nothing that will stop Tehran's Mets analysis, not even a press conference while we are in the <laughs> middle of a press conference, and then all, all of a sudden I start seeing Mets takes flying out of TD's <laughs> Twitter account. The Lindor trade, man, I, I was excited. That was the most excited I've been about that team. In a, in a while, so uh, yeah, man, for sure. Uh, sorry, Johnu Smith, I, I, I tuned out of your your presser, and you, you know, it had to focus on my Mets. No dis, listen, no disrespect. That's why we love you, buddy. All right, so Teron obviously spent a great deal of time covering the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles before coming to us and providing all his insights in Nashville on the Titans, and of course, we are discussing this because Carson Wentz has just been traded to the Indianapolis Colts. Adam Schefter broke the news. Teron's colleague here just a little bit ago, the Eagles are agreeing to trade Carson Wentz to the Colts for a 2021 third-round pick, a conditional 2022 second-rounder. That's from Mort and Schefter. So, Teron, you have the most first-hand experience with the player that is Carson Wentz. That season, he, of course, was injured, and Nick Foles helped lead them to the Super Bowl and a hugely talented team that everybody was very, very familiar with watching their uh, their saga, ultimately taking out Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. But what what are what is this version of Wentz? What exactly is it that is reuniting with Frank Reich in Indianapolis? Yeah, I, I think this version of Wentz, you could kind of liken it to basically buying a, a, a car off of a used car lot. That's yeah. really what it boils down to. And it, it's a car that, that once had a lot of value, right? They, they traded up to get him. And, uh, you know, he was an MVP candidate in 2017. But that value has depreciated for various reasons, normal wear and tear. And then in addition to that, just the mental side of it, there were a lot of things going on in that locker room, uh, some division in there that was kind of boiling under the surface. And as that continued to to brew and, and, and cook up, it caused division within the coaching staff too. So it just really just even division from the coaching staff to the front office, all the way up to the owner of the team. And it, it just was something that they couldn't continue to handle. And I think that's the, the main thing that, that led to his downfall in, in Philly. And then in addition to that, you know, looking at what, will happen in, in Indy, I think the good thing is they are getting uh, a guy who is really comfortable with their pass game coordinator, Press Taylor, who was his QB coach in Philly, and then more importantly, the offensive coordinator. Frank Reich does a really good job of just designing plays to set guys up and put them in, in really good situations, specifically quarterbacks. And, you know, he was the one that, that kind of, put together that, that Philip Rivers, the, the one in, in your favorite uh, gift, you My know, guy. sniffing the air, you, you know, that's where Philip Rivers, you know, had a lot of his success there uh, with Frank Reich as his OC. 
And I think that's a good situation for Wentz. But, I mean, they're getting a guy that's just to bring it home. Is just he, He's a broken quarterback right now that's in need of repair. And that's, you know, that's largely the way that I kind of look at this. It he has He has high upside traits. Of course, we've all seen the MVP caliber player that you're talking about talking about back in 2017 and and but just everything else that that comes with him and there's there's no reason to to discount the new start or fresh start for a player that is in need of one right and and we all understand that these things can work to the player's benefit if executed correctly but the 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 locker room issues that just totally totally split or helped to split apart that team and as you mentioned the coaching staff how we in Nashville we don't know who Carson Wentz is right you only read the reports and what you see on SportsCenter because you're not following the day-to-day issues with the Eagles on a regular basis but just just how responsible was Carson Wentz for the issues that he was associated with and made him so polarizing yeah, I mean, I think it, he he definitely played his part. You, you look at how he went to the owner after uh, he he got benched, and and Jalen Hurts got to start a guy that I, I don't know some some dude said that he would be a a pretty good quarterback, even though a lot of people were saying that he should work out of another position. That's a different conversation we could have. You know, that guy was me, by the way. But um, <laughs> it, you know, he has some 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 to do with that. It, you know, he went to the owner. And when you have a player going to the owner, just kind of leapfrogging the, the coaching staff, right? That's that's an issue. And then when you have a a, a guy who was kind of given a different set of rules than everyone else, that's an issue. And that's one of the things that that we're able to see with Mike Vrabel. It's I mean, there's give and take, but for the most part, Coach Vrabel treats everybody the same, and everybody understands that they have to fall in line. And even you look at Derrick Henry, you look at Kevin Byard, you look at Ryan Tannehill, you look at A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, any of these guys, when you talk to them, it's always about, okay, well, you know, I got to do what I have to do for the team. We did this together as a team, you know, and I think that's that's critical. Um, there were times where there was um, just criticism that, that Wentz could have taken that he didn't. Um, and it's interesting because that changed from when I was there as opposed to when I left. And that's something I always noticed from a distance, whereas it used to be he would always take credit for something going wrong. He didn't do that continuously. So I I think that's really the major difference, and that's kind of where some of the issues I I would imagine could have uh, arisen. Yeah, I mean, it's it's part. It just sounds like there's a lot of blame to be assigned to the Eagles too for enabling what exactly. what would have allowed him to feel like he could supersede the coaching staff and and go above their head in a way that was you know not necessarily public, but it didn't take long for it to be made public, and you could see what how that fractured that team. Pro Football Reference has these stats right now out to run. Not your boys of Pro Football Focus, but Pro Football. Reference. Carson Wentz, 2017, 7.5 touchdown percentage, 1.6 interception percentage. The only other quarterbacks to do that in a season, Brady, Jackson, Peyton Manning, Rodgers, and Wilson. Carson Wentz, in 2020, led the NFL in sacks and interceptions. The only other quarterbacks to do that, Bortles, Kitna, and Krieg. With the construction of Indianapolis's roster, they, they had not been shy about saying, you know, we are in a place where 
it benefits us more, we believe, to go out and find a veteran quarterback that we think can help elevate us right now. Now, Wentz is not an ideal situation. They're taking a gamble without question. But what does this do, if they can get him right, Teron, what does this do to the balance of power in the Tennessee Titans division? Well, I think it does a lot. And this is a gamble that is worth them taking because you you look at the compensation and there's a condition of if he plays more than 75% of the plays, uh, that, that second pick that they got, it, it increases. So here, here's the thing, and, and I, I could say this having done a book on Carson Wentz and having talked to him extensively and done extensive research. This man has been injured every year since his junior year of high school. Yeah. Right? So there's definitely a possibility that he doesn't play 75% of the games. So that will even – help them out, so to speak, as far as the conversation is concerned. Obviously, if you trade for a guy, you want him to, to play as much as possible. But I say all that to say if they could help him repair that mental side of it and get him right mentally, the ability is still there. It's really just the, the processing and the, the believing in things when he sees it. Initially, he would believe it before he saw it. Right. And, and you kind of go back to when Mariota was here. And that's one of the things that I always talk to you about was Mariota believing it. And then even taking that conversation to Coach Rabel, he took it to the next level and said, believe it, see it, let it rip. Mm. And that's what Wentz used to do. He doesn't do that now. So that, that has been a big issue. Taking sacks, playing hero ball. Those are all things that they have to corral. And it's interesting because there was a good balance of that in 16 and 17 when Frank Reich was his coach. But also, I'm not going to shortchange my guy, John Filippo, who had a big influence on that. And there were so many times where I saw drills that they did in practice transfer directly to games. And I think that's re- really critical. And you always hear me say that about this Titan staff because that's something that, that I focus on. And when I see that, it definitely is deserving of praise. And the name of the book for the people is? <laughs> Soaring with the Eagles, you can find it on clearance shelves and in the 215 and 267 area code now because uh, Wentz is no longer in Philly. But it's called Soaring, Soaring with the Eagles, Carson Wentz. <laughs> uh, so we'll get you out of here on this one, Teron. And by the way, Teron's going to be on the radio later today. He's going to be hanging out with our buddy Jared Stillman on 102.5 The Game. Of course, the Talking with TD podcast is always full of good stuff, but particularly this time of year because Tehran has all manner of draft prospects on the show to, to get you ready for the draft process. I believe you just had a very, very good guest uh, who is in a position of, the need, uh, position of need for the Tennessee Titans to be potentially looking at. Yeah, yeah, and we're going to hit that edge, edge group really hard. Uh, Jonathan Cooper was the guy I had, and uh, – you got to check it out. The conversation was awesome. He had a lot to say about Coach Rabel. Um, he shared an experience. And then he also shared, I asked him what his most memorable Kerry Combs hmm. uh, experience was. And it cracked me up, the one that he had. It involved coffee, obviously. And uh, I told a story about how Coach Combs made me feel like a pump. Yeah. <laughs> and it was regarding coffee so tune in to check that out it's uh it's on there then you'll get a bonus because you get Kay Johnson another guy who I think will fit the the, uh, the Eagles getting in my Eagles mode <laughs> will fit the Titans you know he's a returner slot guy also plays outside South Dakota State really good player underrated player so yeah definitely check it out I have a special coming up 
uh, over the next couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, stay tuned. I need the uh, I need the name of Kerry Coombs as Dennis. That man has such white <laughs> teeth for as much coffee as he drinks. Yeah, yeah, really though, man. I, I don't I don't know how he does it, man. Maybe he and Will Compton got the same guy. Well, Will Compton's <laughs> dentist is actually my dentist, and he's a he's a wizard oh, for how he fixed that god awful mouth. God knows. <laughs> Terrible. Uh, what? One more thing for you, Teron. I know you got to yeah, run, but sure. Phil Gates, good. your teammate, had a a tweet that was pretty, pretty not earth shattering to me, but made you stand up and kind of look around at the state of quarterbacks in the NFL right now. With the trade of Carson Wentz, this is from Field Yates on Twitter. There will now not be a single quarterback drafted in the first round from 2009 to 2016. That is still with his original team. Zero out of twenty-two. What you yeah. you you hear that stat and you say that means what about the state of quarterbacking or at least how teams are viewing the position right now in the NFL? Yeah, I, well, I say this: the first and second pick of that draft gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's so interesting to me that that happened because these are two teams that moved up. We know what the Rams did and how that's benefited the, the Titans. These are two teams that moved up a whole lot to get these guys and then paid a bit to get rid of them. It's so funny. And I, I think it just it just tells you really uh, why the initials NFL stand for not for long. I mean, look at how quick these franchises have shifted direction and, and, and gone a different way from the guys. But you know who's still standing there? Dak Prescott. Sure enough. Sure enough. That's... Oh, God, I can't. We're, we're going to be inundated in Dak Prescott talking really quarterbacks all over the place because there's still a lot of teams that have that position open or available to consider other players at that position. And just poor, poor Dak. I mean, <laughs> you can't say it enough. Poor Dak. And, yep. uh, and of course, Deshaun Watson being held hostage, probably sitting there looking at Carson Wentz like, what the hell do I have to do to get out of here? <laughs> Unbelievable. I, yeah, I agree, man. Teron Davenport of ESPN.com talking with TD Podcast. You can hear him giving Titans analysis, not just on this podcast when he's kind enough to grace us with his presence, but of course on 1025 The Game as well. TD, thanks for doing this, buddy. Take care. You, you got it, man. No problem. Appreciate you. Before we bring in our buddy Trey Wallace from Rocky Top Insider, a quick word from the fine folks at DraftKings Sportsbook. It's not quite time for the madness that is college basketball in March, but that doesn't mean that the fun has to wait. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all new players the chance to cash $100. New customers can bet $1 on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. And if your team makes it rain, you cash $100. That's right. All it takes is for one three-pointer being hit by your chosen team to turn $1 into $100. It's a no-brainer. It's the kind of stuff that they offer you at DraftKings Sportsbook. No-brainer bets, profit boosts all the time. You can get any variety of great deals once you log in to the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You get the DraftKings Sportsbook app. From your app store of choice, use the promo code A to Z Sports and get your shot to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on any team 
to hit a, th- a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. Promo code A to Z Sports for new customers to get a shot at 100 to 1 odds on any basketball team to hit a three-point shot only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You must be 21 or older, Tennessee only. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. New customers only. Restrictions apply. Winnings paid out in four twenty-five dollars free bets if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. Call or text the Tennessee Red Line 1-800-889-9789. Back here, 615 Sessions podcast from the DraftKings Sportsbook Studios. Make sure you're using that promo code A2Z Sports. Uh, a good friend, but a first time appearance on the podcast. Trey Wallace of Rocky Top Insider. You can follow my man for all your vols, news, and notes at Trey Wallace underscore. What's good with it, Trey? Hey, buddy. It's good to uh, to join you, man. Hope you're surviving the apocalypse. And uh, other than that, I'm good in Knoxville. <laughs> yeah, it just started snowing again. Uh, we are buried in it. The The city of Nashville, I'm sure you know, is a complete and utter catastrophe. We are ill-prepared for any kind of accumulation, much less the kind that we're seeing right now. So, uh, yeah, I'm just hoping that somebody finally gives me my mail and picks up my trash on time. But it doesn't look like that's happening anytime soon. Good luck with that, brother. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> not optimistic. Uh, maybe maybe there are places elsewhere to look for optimism, or maybe you will tell us otherwise based on what's been happening over there in Knoxville. Josh Heupel, uh, the people know, the new the newest head coach of the Tennessee Volunteers, the latest in a long line of Tennessee head coaches. Uh, he just recently announced his offensive staff to the media. You were a part of those meetings yesterday. So I guess let's start with the obvious. What did you make of the new uh, the new coaching staff that Josh Heupel has put together, and, and what were your takeaways from those interactions? I I thought, you know, so they named Alex Golish, uh, the, the offensive coordinator who's going to work with Josh Heupel. He's been around him for a while now, so he knows his system. He's also uh, going to be the tight ends coach as well. For Tennessee, he's definitely got a motor on him, um, and and he is looking. He's all about this offensive scheme that they run, and and trying to get that into the head of the players as soon as possible. Have them ready to go by spring. I, I think this is a bright young man. Um, I think he definitely knows exactly what Josh Heupel wants, so that's good. So you're not having, you know, and the best way to put it is you're not having to linger. Um, in in any kind of uh, separation. You know, you're not going to have the head coach trying to dip in to see what Alex is doing. They're going to be working together. And I think that's the biggest part of, of what Tennessee is is trying to do with this staff. Um, you, you look at Cody Burns, the wide receivers coach. You had a crazy three weeks. I mean, he was at Auburn, gets let go from Auburn with the rest of the staff, gets hired at UCF. And then Josh Heifel takes the job at Tennessee. So then Tennessee hires Cody Burns. So he was in Auburn, Orlando, and Knoxville in the last three weeks. So, I mean, talk about getting a tour of the Southeast. Um, But he's going to be good for Tennessee. He's going to be good for Tennessee in recruiting. He's going to hit that lower half of the southern states along that panhandle, along that Gulf Coast, um, and, and hopefully bring in some recruits. Tennessee fans are hoping that he does. 
maybe pluck one or two guys from down there per year. Uh, but if you look at the wide receiver production uh, that he got out of his group at Auburn, I don't see why he can't come into Knoxville and use the talent that is here. He, he said it yesterday. It was inexperienced. Uh, they're, they're, they're very young, but they have the talent. And, and Tennessee does. With the speed that they have at the outside, I think they're going to be just fine at that position. And I think Cody Burns is is going to be able to help that. Um, when you move along, I mean, the offensive line coach, Glenn Ellaby. I mean, offensive line coaches really are not – uh, what's the best way to put it? Press conference worthy. Yeah, you're not you're not going to get a lot out of it. Um, but I do think him working with Josh Heupel for so long and understanding, you know, you go. This goes back to his SEC days and Josh Heupel understanding what kind of offensive line is going to fit his system. I think that's key. You're not going to have 330 pound offensive linemen out there. You're going to have guys that are going to be able to get out to the edge. Uh, you're going to have guys that downfield blocking that that's going to be key for this type of offense and also you're going to have guys that can get up to speed i mean this is a high octane uh run-of-the-mill kind of way where you're at the line you're the next play within 10 seconds 15 seconds and i think that's going to be key for tennessee's offensive line uh the two others that were announced uh, quarterbacks coach joey hassel i think he's going to be he's got some talent to work with, and I'm interested to see with with Hooker, with Caden Salter. Um, I, I don't know how Harrison Bailey fits in the system. We'll probably talk about that. I, I don't, but maybe he can get something out of him. Uh, Harrison's more of a pocket passer. And then you still got Brian Hour, and he's still in the program. He, he's still putting in work, and a lot of people forget that Josh Heupel recruited Brian Hour out of Ocala, Florida. Uh, when he was at UCF. So there is some familiarity there with the staff and Brian Maurer. I, I'm interested to see what kind of reps he, he would potentially get in understanding this offense. And last but not least, running back coach Jerry Mack. I mean, what can you say? The guy right. the guy is, has been around. He's been a head coach, Buck, um, for three years. He was three-time HBCU coach of the year, um, and he had an opportunity to go to Rice and, 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 and work with his best friend um, and try to turn that program around. And, and he'd get good. He, he's from the Memphis area. He understands the recruiting in the southeast. But I think you put together a staff, Buck, that can go around the country and find the best players that fit the system. So press conference-wise, it's up to you well. I think overall offensive coaching staff, I think this is exactly what Josh Heupel wanted, guys that he has worked with before. Yeah, and that, you know, that seems to be the trend at this point from the athletic director on down. They 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 want to make sure that they feel as comfortable with what's around them given, you know, how much uncertainty frankly is going to be hovering over this football program until we know exactly what the NCAA is going to hand down to them based on the actions of the previous regime. But uh, you 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 mentioned all of the guys that were announced there yesterday, but the quarterback coach I'm particularly intrigued by Joey H- Housel is uh, is how I believe you pronounced his name. If I uh, if I didn't botch that, <laughs> either way, we'll figure it out over the next couple months. <laughs> and, you know, we're gonna we're gonna learn it one way or the other. Anyway, uh, because what what you've said just about the the variety of different quarterbacks and uh, just the variety of different skill sets that you na- now have, we all know what Heupel's offensive system. Is and and I guess Trey, you you touched on it a little bit there, but 
what what right now Harrison Bailey is is obviously the the if you want to call him entrenched I don't think that's necessarily an yeah. apt word given how much how long it took for them to finally use Harrison Bailey under Jeremy Pruitt and Jim Cheney but for for what they are trying to accomplish in year 1 does it does it benefit them at all to try and tailor what they want to do around somebody like Harrison Bailey, or is this the opportunity for one of these other guys? You mentioned Caden Salter, who's who's obviously highly touted coming into this, and and the familiarity with Brian Maurer. Does who who I guess makes the most sense right now? Man, that's, that's I, I think Hooker from Virginia Tech, um, and I think Caden Salter. Now, the good part here here's the, the good part about Caden Salter. Caden Salter comes in and, and he doesn't have to learn a college playbook yet. Uh, this is going to be fresh for him. This will be something different. Yeah. Uh, I think with Hooker, okay, it's – you saw with Virginia Tech runs. It, it looks nothing like it, but his athletic ability to get out to the edge, make throws down the field, I think that helps him out tremendously. He has a great arm, um, and, and he seems like an intelligent – young man who can who can figure out this offense, you know, you look at the other two, Bailey and Maurer. Well, what's Bailey? Bailey's more of a drop back type passer, going to sit in the pocket type deal. Um, he's got a little bit of legs on him. But when I just when I just look at this system, I don't see Harrison Bailey as a, a quarterback in the system. And, and, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe and he'll probably prove me wrong. But – I'm sure he's smart enough to pick up the offensive schemes, but do you run this type of offense with a Harrison Bailey type of quarterback? And that's not that's not a knock to Bailey. Bailey would work in other offenses, I think. Does it work with this one? Well, you have to find that out yet. Um, and then Brian Maurer. Brian Maurer is a guy that, you know what, he's got a great arm. Um, he's elusive. He's got to learn to be able to take a hit and not stay down for 20 minutes, but – I think he, that that is the wild card of this one is Brian Maurer. Because when you really put it on tape, I, I think that the other two, Southern Hooker, have the best opportunity right now to be able to pick up this offense and know what the quarterback coach wants and be able to get these guys, okay, you complete a pass, you're up, you're running the next play within 10 seconds. And I think that's what gonna, they're going to try to catch other teams off guard by. So if they can pick that up and they can do that, and these quarterbacks can figure out the scheme, because they were talking yesterday, the, the offensive coordinator was talking, look, by practice four or five, we want these guys to to be able to understand most of this offense so we can put in the work in the spring. And if that's the case, okay, they've, they've got about a month and 10 days to figure out how they want to go about this offense before everything gets started. And if I'm looking at it right now, I would have to say Hooker Salter would probably be the quarterback over Bailey. I there are so many questions that that revolve around this football program right now, and and you know I maybe maybe it's just because I'm so used to the to how how different Tennessee looks every two to three years when something when they go through something like this. Am I particularly intrigued about this particular about this staff? Because what I want more than anything, Trey, is I want points. I want points. I want offense. I want something that that, and I'm sure Tennessee fans do too. Something that everybody else in college football is seems to be very easy for them to attain, except the University 
of Tennessee football program. And we haven't we haven't talked about uh, defensive coordinator Tim Banks since he's been announced, and, and I know he made additions, and him, he and Heupel made additions to the defensive coaching staff today as well. But it may be too early before spring you know, football and, and, and these kind of things get underway. But ultimately, going into this year, understanding everything that's hovering around this program – what will this Tennessee, outside of wins and losses, because that's the obvious, what will this Tennessee coaching staff be judged most by? I, oh, man. I mean, I don't think you can judge this staff by wins until year two and after year two. I, I, I think you get two free years. Now, I don't want to see two free years, but you, you can't go out there and um, crack the bed, yeah. best way to put it. You at least need to show some production. Um, but I think that they have wiggle room here. And I think that's the best thing about – you know, you look at the contracts as well. Um, and you you think to yourself, okay, two-year contracts, three-year contracts for OCDC type deal. So I, I, they're giving themselves that two-year little wiggle room to try to install this offense, try to make it work and then go forth from what they have. I, I, I hope expectations aren't, you know, eight to nine wins. Now, do I think Tennessee can catch some teams off guard if they can figure out this offense? Absolutely. Um, but it's all about what you can do defensively. And that's the key thing in this situation. I just feel like Tennessee fans need to keep them expectations around six, seven wins next year. It's not going to be pretty at first, but I think they'll start to figure it out. And if that's the case, okay, good. Because Tennessee right now, you know, they they need the publicity out there. They need spring football to happen. And and one of the biggest things in this coaching staff, too, is they're going to get used to the defensive staff that they bring in. A lot of them have been around each other. Um, And I don't think you're – one of the key things to me, too, is you're not bringing in just a bunch of different guys, having them try together. Most of these guys have worked together before, right. so they know each other. So I think that's a key thing that helps them buck over the next two to three years is familiarity within the staff, within the recruiting staff, the football operations, everything in general. I am. Uh, I'm very intrigued. I maybe it's because there's no football, and so we immediately crave football. But I'm very intrigued about all things Tennessee football, and I know that I'm going to be finding out everything I need to know about Tennessee football because I'm going to continue to read Trey Wallace at Rocky Top Insider again. Follow him on the socials at Trey Wallace underscore uh, Trey. Uh, just quickly on the way out the door, am I? Uh, am I? Should I be buying Tennessee basketball after smacking around a bad South Carolina team last night? I don't know, man. Yeah. I mean, they, they they have these inferior opponents. You know what I mean? They'll play Kentucky this weekend. You know, Tennessee should have beaten LSU. It's just they have those cold nights and hot nights, man. And when Tennessee's hot, when Tennessee can get 29 out of Victor Bailey, just knocking down three, seven for 10, um, then, yeah, this is a Tennessee team that can make a run. When you get – you know, John Fulkerson had 15 points in the second half. If they can get that out of him the whole game, then yes, this is the Tennessee team that we thought it would be. If not, this is the team that's probably going to get beat in the second game of the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. They're just so 
hot and cold right now. But they've got six games to figure it out. They've got an SEC tournament to figure it out. And if they can, I'll be putting some money on them in the tournament. Uh, listen, I uh, this is why Trey Wallace is a stud. He can do everything on an absolute – just turn turn direction on an absolute dime. I appreciate you hanging out, brother. Uh, we will continue to follow along with everything that you're putting out and congratulations on the new gig. Uh, don't don't think this is the last time I'm going to bother you, though. I need uh, I need some more of this insight and analysis for the people. They crave it. Trust me, you'll get it, man. Just hit me up. We're all good, man. Keep doing the Lord's work over there in Nashville with those Titans and, uh, and Tennessee balls. Maybe you could throw in some Vanderbilt talk every now and then, right? Uh, no. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> no, no is the answer to that, Trey. Thanks, buddy. Go. Thanks, man. Have a great day.